Welcome to Time for Hope, a faith-based mental health program. Join our host, certified clinical mental health counselor and Christian psychotherapist, Dr. Frida Cruz, and her guests as they discuss real-life issues and offer expert clinical advice and solid biblical application for any and all life situations. Now here's the host of Time for Hope, Dr. Frida Cruz. Welcome to another edition of Time for Hope. I'm Dr. Frida Cruz, your host, and today for the second and concluding week, I would like to welcome as my guest, author and pastor, Dr. Rob Green. Rob has written a book titled, Tying the Knot, which we've already been discussing, subtitled, A Premarital Guide to a Strong and Lasting Marriage. In his book, Rob gives us a practical, biblical, and Jesus-centered premarital book to use with couples preparing for marriage. If marriage is really designed to put the love of Jesus and His bride, the church, on display, then it stands to reason that we should be talking about Jesus from the very beginning with couples who are preparing for marriage. Stay with us as Rob and I discuss the critical areas that need to be covered in premarital counseling in a way that keeps coming back to Jesus at the center of it all. And Rob, here we are again for the second week because there, there was just so much in your book. I didn't feel uh, good about just leaving some of it hanging, but it still leaves a lot. Even when we finish this second week, it's going to leave a lot. Uh, and I do encourage my viewers to get their own copy for the rest of what you have written, or sometimes I call it the rest of the story. Uh, so, uh, and I do encourage you uh, to make sure that you get a copy of Rob's book, because we're just, as I say often, and you hear it, we're just touching the tip of the uh, iceberg as to what Rob has to offer those that are engaged or uh, are thinking about it or planning to get married or you're already married and running into problems. There's some of all of it in his book and I think he's done a great job. And then so let's pick up with um, love. Men, we hear more about love these days. and we're talking sexual love, we're talking uh, marital love, we're talking uh, all kinds of, uh, and uh, what is it, uh, adulterous love, we could call it, I guess, and uh, free love, and you, we could go on and on. But when we, you know, when I think of the word love, and it is so prominent in the scriptures when you really go into the, delve into the scriptures. We, uh, especially New Testament, we're to love one another in our churches. Uh, we're so it's got to have different meanings for different things. But at the same time, First Corinthians thirteen covers it all, doesn't it? It sure does. You want to, uh, want to, uh, and so you've named in your book, you've named the things that stand out in 1 Corinthians 13. And I've directed many couples uh, to get down and study together 1 Corinthians 13. You want to add to that? Yeah, you know, I love that passage. Uh, we actually had that read at our, we- our own wedding 22 and a half years ago. 
And one of the reasons that I discuss the text is because I want couples to actually read it, to think about it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep record of wrongs. Love believes all things, hopes all things. Like, really? And one of the things that I hope is true for couples as they read through that particular section is they say, I can't do that on my own. There is no way I can do that. And that's right. They can't can't either. That's right. Exactly. And that brings them to the place of dependence where it says, oh, Lord, I am not able to love like this. I am not able to express kindness in the face of suffering. I am not able to express patience in the face of hardship. And Lord, I need your help to do that. And so in those moments where there's a little bit of tension in the marriage, that's where 1 Corinthians 13 speaks, as well as in the times where everything is wonderful. And so I want to help them see that, boy, they are dependent on the Lord. And so if they come back and say, you know what, this is exactly the kind of love we have for each other. I mean, we're doing this perfectly. Then I know they actually have a problem because they're not and they don't see it. What I'm looking for is the couple who comes in having read and thought about 1 Corinthians 13 and says, oh God, I need your help to do that because Mm -hmm. I can't do this on my own. That's in any area of our life, isn't it? That surrender, that admitting we can't do it, that we need the, as I wrote in a devotional this morning, we need the almighty God on our side. And they're ready to help us with any situation that arises. And, but, When we think about all that 1 Corinthians 13, it does not allow, and I want to get this out, it does not allow for spousal abuse. It does does not allow, we get all kinds of prayer requests coming in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll hear from a spouse that says their mate has been unfaithful for years. Mm -hmm. See, I can't encourage them to continue allowing that kind of behavior uh, and being kind and understanding and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, So we're not talking about, uh, when we talk about the patience and the kindness and we go down this line, God is not in this particular chapter, he, because he would ne- he would never allow or encourage one of us to allow another human being to abuse us. You know, part of loving sometimes is confronting, and part of loving is sometimes getting the appropriate people involved in order to properly handle that situation. And so, yeah, the viewers that are just sitting there and not addressing it and just taking it and viewing that as love. That's really not all that biblical love has to offer. And so they do have a responsibility to fulfill 1 Corinthians 13, but what it looks like is a little different. It's calling uh, their person, their spouse, uh, their friend to repentance. And then we move on to Christ's love. And, uh, and that Christ-centered marriage you're writing about, and we look at the life of Christ and, uh, and how he interacted uh, with uh, people um, while he was on earth. And you have giving, serving, and self-sacrifice. He was always giving, wasn't he? He was, and you know, a lot of people talk about the love tank. And they often think <laughs> about it from this perspective. Well, when I love, then uh, I, I'm making investments in somebody else. 
But I like to be reminded that Christ has loved us with infinite love. And so in that sense, my love tank is always full. It's full of the love of Christ. And therefore, that frees me up to love and to give and to serve. And that's really what you find in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, because of his security and his love relationship with the Father, he was then free to love those around him rather than demand things from them. Yes, and he, it finally resulted in his uh, giving himself, his self, uh, the self-sacrifice, which on some level uh, ha must happen in every marriage. Uh, they're, they're on some level, we're going to offer uh, ourselves uh, for, to keep harmony, uh, to keep uh, abuse out um, if it can be kept out, uh, to avoid divorce, all of those kinds of things. It, it will require sometimes the sacrifice of our desires and the sacrifice of what we would like to re be receiving from our spouse until we can seek the profession. Don't you recommend, recommend seeking professional help at that time, uh, as you've laid out in your book? Oh, there's certainly times when couples need to get some help, and I encourage them to do so earlier rather than later. Uh, don't allow 30 years of bitterness to build up before you seek help. Seek it as soon as possible. But you know, that self-sacrifice comes out in a lot of ways. Uh, one of my friends just got married, and three weeks after their wedding, uh, they discovered uh, that his wife has MS. And so they didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That wasn't something that they had knowledge of prior to their wedding. And so now he has the privilege, the joy, the opportunity of serving her in some very special ways. Uh, and that is, he can do that because he has the love of Christ that fills his own heart. And so he's free then to love her and to serve her, even though life doesn't exactly look like he may have thought it was going to look mm. just three weeks prior. Yes. You know, do you, like I, observe couples out in public where this is going on? One's in a wheelchair, the other one is uh, looking after them. I just lost a cousin early uh, in death. Uh, she was rather uh, rather young for dying, and I didn't know her that well because I live quite a distance from where she uh, uh, passed away and had lived for years. She's back where I came from, and I'm up here in South Carolina. But um, I understand her husband uh, just was there because she was sick a long time, but he was there every moment, all the time, and taking care of her and going through all of that with her. You don't hear very often, you don't hear that kind of thing, but we can, I do observe it out in public sometimes and know it has to be going on that way. And I was so happy to hear that she had that kind of marriage and that kind of love coming sure. uh, from her husband. And that's what Christ intended, wasn't it? It was. And they were Christians, by the way, uh, so they probably had found the secret of what you're talking about in a Christ-centered marriage. And they're telling me it's time for a break again and we will be right back. In a place called perfect, all our dreams come true. People never disappoint us. We have everything we want, the way we want it, and when we want it. 
And of course, we have perfect marriages. It just so happens that there is no such place. In fact, the opposite is true. We live in a world filled with unrealized dreams. People are forever disappointing us. Few people have everything their hearts desire. And for sure, there are no perfect marriages. My son and I were out enjoying lunch together recently, and ahead of us in line was a couple that graphically illustrated the points that I just made. The husband was in a wheelchair being pushed by his wife. He was only able to point out the food he wanted from the buffet, having to depend on her to reach and get it for him. I turned to my son and said, this is a true picture of for better or for worse. None of us who take those vows can possibly know what they will hold, but we can rest assured that all marital relationships will contain disappointments and losses which will test the limits of our love and commitment for each other. Many today are too quick to throw in the towel when they come to believe they aren't getting what they thought they bargained for. Research by sociologist Linda Waite has found that the great majority of unhappy spouses who persevere in their nonviolent marriages for five years report marked improvements in their marriages. We are not saying their marriages become perfect because two imperfect people can never produce a perfect marriage. What it does reveal is that two people committed to making a marriage better get to enjoy a better marriage. And the same research revealed that divorce, on the average, does not prove to be the panacea many people believe it will. Instead, it was found that people in troubled marriages are not usually any better off divorced. So, my challenge to you is to focus on turning your present marriage into the marriage of your dreams by asking the Creator God to give you the wisdom and courage to get honest with yourself and your mate about the needs of your marriage. This could include a professional Christian counselor. I always appreciate you staying with us through our breaks, and we are continuing, and we'll conclude uh, with Dr. Rob Green, his book titled, Tying the Knot, is subtitled, A Premarital Guide to a Strong and Lasting Marriage. And I think we've already given out from, uh, with Rob, some great ideas about couples that are planning for marriage or if you're having problems in your uh, marriage. Uh, I think we've put out some good information. We still have some good information to come. At the same time, I would encourage you to make sure for the rest of the story that Rob has written that you would get a copy of his book. And uh, Rob, let's go to problems. Uh, every, I've got a, a commentary I do, and I, I pre presented it at churches also. And it's titled, There Are No Perfect Marriages, okay? <laughs> and you know, I, at the First Baptist Church of uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 
years ago I presented that uh, and um, in, in a well, service and at the end of the service an evangelist that was there that I knew and maybe even the pastor came forward and they had to thank me that I had taken a great load off their shoulders <laughs> that they didn't have to they didn't have to try to tell people they could be perfect there could be perfect marriages anymore <laughs> gave them great relief and there is no such thing as a perfect marriage because not because it would have to be made up of two perfect people right that's for sure and none of us are that's why we need Christ isn't it it is, you know, the way I often talk about that with my uh, people that I'm working with is what happens when you don't live in the first chapter, that is, Jesus is the center of your life, and what happens when you don't love like Christ loves? Well, you have problems. That's what happens. You, you have problems. And then there are times when problems come externally to you. There was nothing that you could do to prepare for it. There was nothing that you could do to anticipate it. It just, it came. And so what do you do in those moments? And I look for, before people are going to get married, I want them to be able to demonstrate that they know how to solve a problem from the Bible. And so often people are not very good at that. And one of the reasons is the Bible calls us to, first of all, consider our own issues. Matthew 7 verses 3 through 5 remind us you can't pay attention to the speck in someone else's eye until you pay attention to the log that's in your own. And yet that is so hard for people to, to want to do. They don't want to do that. They want to talk about the specs. And so that is really a, a section that's dedicated to helping them understand how you solve a problem. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about communication later on. And one of the, uh, that's the big C, by the way. Uh, we call it the big C. Uh, one of the things in communication that a couple wants to attain is the ability to say, uh, I'm, I'm kind of laying this on you, what I need from you, but at the same time willing to admit where I have fallen short and asking you to forgive me. Yeah, you agree with me on that? Yeah, I think you have to begin with your own repentance. Mm -hmm. uh, if you only repent for the purpose of having the other person repent, mm. then your attitude is not really about getting the log out of your eye as much as it is getting the speck out of someone else's. So I'm really looking for a willingness on both persons' part to just simply accept responsibility. And so what do you do when only one person does? So let's say that my wife and I had a little problem that needed to be resolved, and I said, okay, I'm willing to uh, take responsibility for my part. And so I go and I ask her for forgiveness, and I'm thinking she's going to do the same here any second now, right? And she doesn't. Now what? And that's where I entrust myself to the Lord. That's where I entrust uh, the relationship, our marriage, that God is going to work also behind the scenes. And you go to prayer asking Him to open her heart exactly. and eyes to her own uh, problems in the issue rather than you trying to point them all out, right? Exactly, exactly. Yes. And if I start doing that, then I'm in a position to uh, really honor the Lord myself in my own life and be in a position to make it easy for that person to then to admit they're wrong too. 
And then, uh, as we look at a couple preparing for marriage, uh, they can be different views. Don't you think most couples preparing for marriage, they know other people have problems, but they're not going to have any problems <laughs> yeah, in their absolutely. marriage? <laughs> That's one of the perspectives, isn't it? It is. Uh, and then the other in looking at problems is ignore them. That, you know, they'll take care, they'll solve themselves, in other words, if you ignore them, which that won't happen, will it? That's right. That's one of the lies and that And then you've got uh, the other perspective they can have is don't worry about them until they are too big <laughs> or big enough to worry about, I guess we could say. Mm -hmm. uh, we would suggest early uh, attendance to, but not, not intense uh, early attendance to a problem, right? Yeah, I like to think about it this way. Problems are like bunnies. You can either have two today or a thousand tomorrow. So deal with the two that you've got today. I like that. I like that. Let's move on. Uh, the principles that you have of problem solving, we just talked about it. Take responsibility for your part. Uh, repent of your part. Forgive one another. Forgiveness is so hard to come, uh, you know, uh, come to, isn't it? Uh, it's hard to forgive when someone has hurt you. I mean, I'm admitting that. If they hurt you, it's hard to forgive them. But we can't, the scriptures are so clear. Until we're willing to forgive, don't ask God for forgiveness because we've got to be willing to forgive if we want Him to forgive us. Yeah, and really the forgiveness that God gives to us is what motivates us to forgive others. If we keep forgiveness in the horizontal plane, it will always be a challenge. But when I think about how much God has forgiven me, then I'm in a position to forgive others. And always after a session or after uh, talking about something, be ready to leave it in the past and move on, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's how Paul lived his life, huh? Yeah. Even though he was a persecutor of the church, he says, I count all of it as a loss. Uh, for the sake of gaining Christ in Philippians 3. Let's look at biblical husbands. You've got three L's about them, okay? I they're do. to be lovers. They, the lover are lovers. They're to be learners. Uh, and they're to be uh, leaders. And um, then the wife is to be a follower. Uh-oh, uh here's that subject, submission. And But you know what I learned after... A, a good many years in my own marriage about submission because in in earlier times it was taught so strongly that a poor woman actually in a marriage hardly had a chance okay um, that was the circles that I came from early on uh, in my husband's ministry and in our marriage until I learned the Greek there and talking about submission has to do with voluntary subjection. And the only way we can voluntarily subject is this relationship with Jesus Christ. That's right, and to believe that the way that God designed marriage is best. And so often, you know, we talk about the women in submission, but I'm actually much firmer with the men uh, because so often men have not done a very good job of leading and loving and learning. And so as a result, they've made it hard for their wife to enjoy the institution of actually submission. In other words, it was designed for her protection and for her care. 
We're going to have to leave the rest for them to get your book and hear the rest. They're telling me we're coming very close to the end, and I said I want you to end with uh, the one piece, and I want you to look straight at the camera, the one piece of advice you would give out of all that we've touched on and the rest that's in your book. My one piece of advice is to make Christ the center of your life, to seek to glorify Him in everything you do and in every area of your life. And again, Rob, it's great having you uh, on Time for Hope, and may the Lord take you safely home to your wife and uh, family and continue uh, His blessings on your ministry. Thank you for having me. And, and then I have something to share from one of our viewers, dear Dr. Frieda. Please pray for myself, which we just talked about, and my fiance. We have not seen each other in 11 weeks. Please pray that our relationship would be restored if he, if he is the man that God has for me. I think she's done a wonderful uh, job here of putting it out in a way that she probably is praying about uh, the a marriage with this uh, person and um, because if they've been separated for 11 weeks something we know something is wrong and um, but she still would like the relationship restored and then um, but she still wants to know for sure that this is the man that God has for her uh, at, to be the, a partner uh, uh, for as it were, the rest of her life, or that she could have a good, strong marriage with. So we certainly have taken that request, uh, as I always say, as we do all others, uh, to the Lord and have turned it over to Him to help this, um, this person. And then I have a note of encouragement. Dear Dr. Frieda, I just love the Time for Hope program. The discussions you have with your guests, and so often my guests are mentioning, they are a major part of this ministry, and we are very thankful God has raised up so many that are willing to come and be a guest on Time for Hope. Um, you have with your guests are great. Uh, please keep up the good work, and as long as the Lord gives me the grace and the strength uh, uh, to do it, I, in, uh, I intend to do that. Now, added to that, if you have not, if God has not urged you to help us financially, I'm asking you to take it up with Him in prayer. And if you could become a financial partner with us, I would greatly appreciate that. And then finally, I say, make sure, as people tell me as I go about here locally, uh, regularly, I watch every show, I watch you all the time. I'm encouraging you to join us again next week on Time for Hope. Thank you for watching Time for Hope, a ministry of Hope for Living Media Church and Bible Study Time Incorporated. We offer a free fact sheet with more information on today's topic. Call or write us to get your copy today. The resource we are offering this week is available for a donation of at least $5 to the Time for Hope ministry. Any additional donation you wish to send will be greatly appreciated. Call us at 800-669-9133. Write us at Post Office Box 2169, Spartanburg, South Carolina, 29304. Or visit our website, at timeforhope.org.
As we continue to give out messages of hope, a financial gift of any amount to support the Time for Hope ministry will be greatly appreciated. When you send us a gift, you are joining in the ministry to which God has called us, and we greatly appreciate your teaming up with us in extending God's kingdom. Until next time, have a great week, and remember, it is time for hope.